Now, time is running out to join us at the Blueberry Convention, February 28th through March 1st in Tucson, Arizona. Save your seat today to learn alongside Blueberry industry colleagues, hear from inspiring keynotes, enjoy blueberry-infused meals, and learn about the latest and greatest on Blueberry Lane. Simply go to blueberryevents.org for more details and to register today. That's blueberryevents.org, and I look forward to seeing you all in Tucson. This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Welcome back to another episode of the Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. One episode I really enjoyed last year was episode 148, and we talked about the opportunities for blueberries at retail with Ben and Rod from Lunds and Byerleys. Based on the feedback from that episode, I knew I wanted to bring out more retailers onto this show, and that's exactly what we have in store for you today. Ryan Ellison, Produce Category Manager at Food City, and Joshua Essenberg, Category Manager at Spartan Nash, are here to talk more about blueberries at retail. I'm going to let Josh and Ryan each introduce themselves, but both were a part of a panel we did as part of our program during the Blueberry Summit in Savannah last fall. They talked about insights and opportunities for selling fresh blueberries in retail, and I wanted to share their perspectives on the podcast with our audience as well. Josh, Ryan, thanks for joining me on the Business of Blueberries. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, it's great to have you guys sort of back, uh, having been with you there in Savannah, which was an excellent opportunity for people there to hear from you. Uh, But for the people who weren't there, I thought, let's bring them back. Let's have this conversation. Uh, You brought up some things that I think lots of people would appreciate hearing directly from retailers about. And like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, we had a great conversation uh, with the team at Lunds and Byerly. So Let's start off with some introductions, though. Tell us a little bit about your background, your company, where you're located. Uh, Josh, why don't you head and go ahead and start? Yeah. So uh, again, thanks for having me here today. Uh, so I have been in the grocery industry for almost 25 years. I've been working in produce for about 15 of that. Been with Spartan Ash the entire time. You know, we're located. We're a Midwest retailer and uh, wholesaler. And, uh, you know, we, we service our own stores, uh, several, um, almost a couple hundred of those, and then several hundred uh, independent customers as well. Uh, I oversee all the fresh fruits within the produce section. So blueberries is a, a big one on my desk and definitely one I like to talk about. Amen. Well, thanks for being with us. So, uh, Ryan, how about you? Yeah, uh, category manager for Food City. I started when I was 14. We operate in the mid-Atlantic southeast area. Uh, about 140 stores across uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, Georgia, and Alabama. Well, thank you both again for being with us. I want to talk, just kind of kick off this conversation on your current perspective about blueberries, you know, before you took on that role. I mean, did you guys have opinions, thoughts, feelings about blueberries before you really dug into the business that you're in now? Yeah, always, uh, you know, kind of viewed it as strawberry's little brother. Until you see just how big of the an impact it has in the berry category, you know it's not not just the red berries anymore. 
Yeah. I, um, so I have a long relationship with blueberries. I used to pick them. I live in Michigan, right? So the big, big state uh, for blueberries. And uh, before I started, a, let's say, a job that supplied to W-2, I was picking blueberries as just a, a young kid. And um, uh, when I jumped into the produce, yeah, I, I, you know, much like Ryan, I saw blueberries as kind of uh, maybe the little brother to strawberries. But as the, you know, the years have gone on here, we found new ways to get them into the basket and uh, show shoppers just how versatile blueberries can be. I think they're uh, far more versatile than a strawberry where the, the use cases are a little more limited versus what you can do with the blueberry. So great relationship with blueberries and um, you know, ho- hope to continue to bring that uh, into the future. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. I mean, in terms of what, what do you see now as you see it as, as context within each of your departments? How important are blueberries? You know, maybe give our audience a sense of where they fit and you know, kind of rank a priority uh, in the produce department or, or on your desk. So, you know, Josh, I'll start with you. Yeah. So um, blueberries, I think at one point when we would strategize for blueberries, they would kind of get grouped in with the other berries. That is no longer the case. Uh, we we kind of lay out our, our marketing plan and merchandising plan for blueberries uh, in a whole new light where we want them to not just be an item in the basket. We also want them to drive traffic in the store, uh, especially in the regions we serve. So with that in mind, the way we bring them to the market is more, you know, don't just think of blueberries as something you can pop open and snack, but as something you can make into pies, as something you can put into your juicing, um, as, you know, something you can dehydrate and, and use in salads or use fresh in salads. So our cross merchandising on blueberries has really evolved a lot. And as that's evolved, so has the way we advertise them and promote them. Excellent. Ryan, how about you? Yeah, well, you know, like you mentioned, Josh, the uh, the use cases have um, just blown wide open with the advent of, you know, social media platforms and the various ways folks get their recipes and craft ideas. You know, the growth is there for blueberries. It's it's still got a, a long runway as opposed to, to strawberries is a much more developed category. You're really not convincing anybody new to get into the strawberry category. But blueberries have come such a long way in the last 10 years or so in terms of the varietals. It, it used to be you'd pick up a clamshell of blueberries and your experience from this week to next week was so vastly different. You couldn't get that traction with the customer to, to pick them up every week. These new varieties are really taking that that marketing and you know giving the retailers confidence to push them year round. Yeah, well, and and Josh, you know, just picking up on what Ryan's talking about there is you know the the change in not just the use but also the quality improvement over time and and how that helps to uh, create consistency amongst uh, as some of our folks like to say the 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 one clamshell selling the next clamshell you know starting to come together so that there's a lot more consistency in the product and the quality and the experience that consumers have what do, what are you seeing in that space Josh Yeah absolutely uh you know there there was a time we we now carry the jumbo blueberry and you know when that first came available in the market it was kind of a hard sell to get into here where we were like you know from my perspective I was presenting that there's demand out there for this particular type of blueberry People are willing to pay more to get a better eating experience. And, you know, it, it proved to be true. We, when we bring in jumbos, you know, they're hard to keep in stock. We were able to take them from where we had kind of the higher volume stores only 
all the way down through through the whole list. So, you know, that that's one thing. And then the varietals have definitely improved significantly where we see uh, the berries, uh, they taste better, they're more consistent, um, they're plumper, they hold up better. There's just so many more advantages over what I think where they were, you know, five or even 10 years ago and, and how we hold them at uh, distribution and, and the timeline that we have to change there. So yeah, everything has really improved from that standpoint. Well, let's keep talking here. I, I've got a lot more I want to cover, but first it's time for our crop report. So believe it or not, it's the beginning of our domestic season right around the corner. Uh, but right now we've got reports coming in from Peru, Chile, and Mexico. So here once again is your blueberry crop report. It's time for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today you'll hear from Daniel Bustamante in Peru and Mario Ramirez in Mexico. This was recorded on February 15th, 2024. Hello, this is Daniel with a crop report from Peru until the end of week 6, that ran from February 5th to the 11th. Up to week 6 of 2024 this season, that started in week 18 of last year, Peru has shipped a total of 469.1 million pounds of fresh blueberries to the world. That is 23% less volume than, than what was shipped during the same period last season. The U.S. remains as the main destination for Peruvian blueberries, representing 55% of the total shipments so far, followed by Europe with 29%, China with 12%, and other markets accounting for the remaining 4%. Of the total uh, volume shipped, 11% have been organics. During week 6, Peruvian blueberry total exports dropped by 29% compared to last week, to a total of 7.8 million pounds. Blueberry exports to the U.S. market also dropped by 24% to 5.1 million pounds, representing 66% of the shipped volume in this week and should be arriving by the end of uh, February. The other markets where Peru shipped blueberries to this week were Europe with 23% of the volume, China with 6%, and other destinations with uh, 5%. This has been the Peruvian Crop Report for Week 6. Thank you. Hi everyone, here Mario with the Mexican Blueberry Report for week 6 from February 4th to February 10th. During week 6, Mexico exported a total of 4,126,000 pounds of fresh blueberries worldwide. 95% of this volume goes to the United States, 3,930,000 pounds of fresh blueberries. The remaining 5% goes mainly to Europe and Asia. 22% of the total volume were organic blueberries with a volume of 860,000 pounds and it was exported mainly to North America. The volume growed 3% this week respecting the previous one and is 50% lower comparing the same week for the previous season. This week there are no volumes of frozen blueberries reported and the total volume for the entire season is 30 million and 530,000 pounds with 18% of the total volume of organic blueberries. The season keeps lower respecting the previous one. The total volume is 30% lower respecting the total at the date for the previous season. All for Mexico Berries Report. See you next week. Thank you very much. Well, thanks so much to our busy growers and colleagues who take time to participate in these reports. As a reminder, you can go to our ushbc.org forward slash data to find our data and insight center to learn more about what's happening in the blueberry industry. 
Okay, let's go back to our conversation here with Josh and Ryan. Uh, for those you know who want to understand, you know the the context of the blueberry in the produce department. Where where would you put that item relative to all things that your consumers are looking for, or where you prioritize it as a store for you know bringing consumers in? So it's a top ten item, um, and that what we dedicate to it is going to be in scale or in scope with that. So within the context of produce, when we're looking for, you know, how much uh, promotional spend we're going to put against it and um, how much uh, marketing we're going to put against it, it, it's a top 10 item. Um, It's probably a top five during the domestic season here. And and when they really get going in Michigan, maybe even a top three within produce within that. And it continues to kind of edge further up. Uh, to the point where it is kind of on par with what we do with our strawberry program. So yeah, I I could see them overtaking strawberries in the near future. Wow. Okay, great. How about you, Ryan? They rank in the the, the bottom half of the top 10 very consistently. And like we talked a little bit uh, in a previous conversation, Casey, uh, it's gotten to the point where you've got that following enough that that can be your, your feature item for the week. You know, it just doesn't rely on anything else. Uh, so the marketing funds are available to promote it. The volume's there to do it. Ten years ago, I don't think it would have brought anybody in the front door if that was your your lead item. We've come a long way from that. Yeah, Josh, this is a good segue just to talk a little bit about my my personal experience. Ryan and I were talking about just in in my local retailer grocery store that uh, currently has you know blueberries priced such that it's right at the front of the store. They're inviting you in, encouraging you to buy two. And I'm, I'm being sensitive about <laughs> quoting price because I, I don't know that I can recall exactly what it was. Uh, but the point was, is they were using it right now, you know, to bring uh, people in the store, whether it was through their circular and then people seeing it when they walk in. But, um, but an interesting position to find itself in, especially now, given some of the supply challenges that we had in the fall and, you know, really the conversation about, you know, what consumers were willing to spend. Uh, during a really short supply season and just wanted to talk a little bit about that experience for you all. You know, we were there in Savannah together in September. A lot of that was unfolding while we were there. It's just interesting about that is you're seeing them being used to pull people into the store now in a way for promotion and marketing. But at the same time, you experienced a period of time where there was a lot of questions of just how much consumers were willing to spend and wondering where the ceiling was on that. So Josh, how how would you respond to what we went through this fall and, and the experience that you had with consumers willing to pay what they were willing to pay in order to have a product that was on short supply? Yeah. So um, berries are traditionally pretty elastic. You drop the price and the volume sales goes through the roof, depending on how, how low you go. And the, the reverse happens. You, you raise the price quite high and people are just not really willing to to make that extra uh, payout. Maybe they'll they'll switch off to a different uh, item, grapes, other fresh fruits. So this this last fall was definitely a, a testament to the elasticity on berries and whether they're going to be more inelastic or elastic. And uh, we did see you know significant declines in purchases, which is what you want when the market's really tight and there's not a ton out there, and um, you want to get the the customers that really want them the most to get them. Uh, so you know we we were. Happy to see now that the markets have gone back. It was a struggle because we have our end user customers, which is a good portion of our business, but then we have some other in-between customers. And when you, you know, start quoting some of those case prices, they just kind of look at you sideways. And, you know, we we weathered the storm 
And, you know, like any other commodity in produce or any other thing in produce, it happens this way sometimes. And it's really about finding uh, what's right for the customer. We don't like to go to the half pint, that six ounce size. You know, we think it doesn't really present a good value. So we did we did our very best to hold in the full pint size through that whole ordeal there. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, I think um, those who really appreciated the value of the blueberry were, were there and uh, were happy to spend what they when they could find it and keep us in stock and, and understood, you know, what was going on in the market, you know, because they've seen it in other things. It's not unusual. So that's that's kind of what we went through. Yeah. Interesting. Ryan, how about you? Yeah, we've definitely seen sort of the uh, inelasticity, if you will, on the on the high side. You know, when prices went up, you still had a really healthy floor as to how many you would sell. Yeah, volume was down a little, but you kind of need that when, when the markets, you know, are what they are. On the bottom side, though, they're still elastic enough that you can put them in the ads and, you know, a little bit off, you sell a whole lot more. Definitely different than the other varietal berries, your Raz and Blacks. That's ceiling uh, on price. Once you hit it, like you've hit it. And, and we've finally seen uh, against our will, albeit that blues definitely have a higher threshold for folks. You, you've got more people committed or habitually buying them. They're, they're going to buy them regardless. Yeah. I, I think you said earlier, like if you had them, you sold them. And, and, and I guess, you know, from what I understand, there, there wasn't necessarily a narration of marketing that was taking place. Like, you know, people being explained, you know, that this is normally coming out of Peru and it's short. But tell me a little bit from your guys' perspective, you know, what, what do you do in explanation to the consumer on what's happening when these circumstances are unfolding, in this case for blueberries? But did you run into the questions? And if you did, how did you answer? We definitely got the questions. Anytime retail pops the way it did, uh, there are a, a select group of folks that want to know why. Uh, so we answered those questions. You know, we stayed up front with our, our store staff on the front lines because they're the one that they're going to field all the questions all day. And we don't want them to be on an island out there because they're they're not in the desk buying it. But maybe there's an avenue for us to be more customer front with, uh, you know, the the seasonalities and the, the supply chain issues. But that's not something that we've uh, actively seeked out. Yeah, understood. How about you, Josh? Yeah, when we see it happening, uh, we always get questions. Uh, we try to be proactive and uh, we, we have weekly updates uh, on what the markets are doing that go to uh, the manager level um, as well as uh, store manager teams and all that so that everybody's kind of aware of what's going on. That way, if they get any questions, they can speak to it at least intelligently. And we, we know that customers are going to be asking, you know, if it's an out of stock, um, especially if it's consistently out of stock or if the price just goes as high as it was going. So we, we want them to be prepared and we want that to be an actual conversation. We prefer not to put signage out there that says, you know, that seems like we're just kind of writing excuses for it. Um, we want them to be able to, you know, kind of be like, hey, you know, blueberries are like anything else in produce. And, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you couldn't get a, a single import blueberry or, or, you know, it was a very limited crowd. So um, we're just, you know, glad that we've progressed to the point where we can offer them year round. And so the volatility is there, but uh, I think a lot, a lot of people understand the volatility these days more because of what kind of transpired with COVID and, and all the, and all the way the uh, markets were shaking out then. 
So the understanding seems to be uh, higher at this point. You know, people are pretty receptive to it. And, and like Ryan was saying, that higher threshold was was better for blueberries than you'll see on a black or ras where just everybody kind of falls out of the market. So, um, yeah, that's that's where we've taken that. You know, as we look forward from here, uh, gentlemen, I just want to get your perspective that, you know, the estimates we're seeing, the discussion within the industry has been an expectation of reaching about a billion pounds of fresh blueberries at retail by 2030. You know, the more is coming. Uh, and, and I wanted to get both of your opinions on just what will be necessary in order to try to reach that volume while maintaining that value we have today. So, you know, just the traditional supply curve, more supply, you know, the challenge of maintaining what you've seen currently in terms of value and price and consumer enthusiasm for the product. What do you see that we need to do in order to address that future anticipation for such a a large increase in volume? Yeah, um, that's a tall order, right? I'm not going to lie. It's a lot of blueberries. And uh, I think during the live panel, I spoke to kind of... uh, we might have to try to take some from other categories to get people into the blueberries. And then those categories, the people that um, market and run those are going to, they're going to push back. They're going to fight back. So it really becomes a, an instance of trying to uh, grow the pie, right? We don't want to cannibalize other categories. We just want people to consume more blueberries. So from, from that angle, uh, you know, with us, we've started doing a lot more where we've introduced blueberries into our uh, store programs, our fresh cut program at store, where we've got more blueberries into, uh, you know, the bowls. And then we have uh, berry trays and we, we kind of said, OK, well, you know, the blueberries are a, a key item and we want to make sure we get those into all the right recipes. So that was part of uh, some additional incremental growth uh, in what we have did with blueberries in the last couple of years. I think that kind of mindset almost has to be used here where it, it can't just be blueberries for uh, buying the pint and taking it home. It's, it's maybe got to be different formats. I know uh, um, Nature Ripe has done the, the snacking packs. I think that's a really interesting take on it. Uh, you know, blueberries and the yogurt with the granola. Uh, we do parfait cups as well where we have uh, the fresh berries. So um, it's kind of just expanding the uses and getting people's palates uh, adjusted to maybe just blueberry and everything in order to move that kind of volume. Well, any other thoughts on that, Ryan, in terms of pulling people through? Josh is right. You just have to get creative at store level. We've we've done similar things with uh, the four compartment trays with a variety of berries and adding them to some what we call exotic bowls or tropical bowls. Any avenue to get more out there. Uh, we had great success with the uh, the Boost to Blue campaign. We started just a little mini snack cup of blueberries, you know, something grab and go that uh, folks responded to very well. Well, that's a good segue into just kind of how you see that collaboration look going forward in terms of the things that, you know, organizations like ours can bring you, um, resources like Grab a Boost to Blue, which has been a, a great tool for folks like yourself to pull people into the conversation about what that boost means to them. Is it energy boost? Is it health boost? It defines differently depending on what somebody's looking for. And so it seems to have been a, a great call to action. But, you know, Josh, let's talk a little bit about your experience in working with us on that campaign or, or, or the work we did with you, you know, and how that went. The first year, we kind of laid out our plans. We connected your team and our marketing team together and came up with what we were going to do promotionally, what we were going to do from a signage standpoint. Um, how we were going to go mass market in terms of, I think we used radio 
We might have even used television. That might have been the second year. But so we kind of laid out that whole marketing scheme, set some goals, made sure uh, all of our store teams were informed. We have a marketing playbook that we like to use to inform them on, on what the expectations are. Uh, and then we went went forward and executed, got the berries, worked with all the vendor suppliers that we use and, and made sure we were able to follow through on those plans as, as best as the season allowed and as best as, um, you know, some things in produce, you know, it's uh, you got to stay, stay flexible. So yeah, overall, great program. We had good feedback on some of our uh, actual comments from the customers, the shoppers. So uh, yeah, I think we'll probably continue to work with you and your teams to uh, make that program an even greater success in the future. That's right. Well, no, that's uh, a great feedback. And how, how did it work for you, Ryan, working with us on, on that campaign? No, it was great. Um, having you guys come in, getting connected with our marketing folks, our dietitians, getting everyone on board with blueberries across the board helped the focus and the initiative. Trying to do that on your own, it just doesn't work. You, you have to have that collaboration to, to get execution on that level but outstanding results from from the snack cups that we did yeah and i guess that's uh, maybe a point to make with both of you that i'm hearing kind of repeatedly it, it, it's not a a lot of encouragement that has to happen from blueberries in order just to get that focus and once retailers have that kind of excuse or that opportunity to be thinking about you know in your case josh that marketing plan that you described and the kpis that you'd want against it or ryan your team you know, coming up with a new initiative, you needed another voice in the room to say, you know, what about this and inspiring a, a further conversation. Otherwise, you know, it could be said that they sell themselves, but as you guys both experienced, they will sell. But how do you really draw that consumer into the lifestyle conversation, the different use cases that you're talking about, the cups that you guys did? You know, it takes, it takes that extra effort. And, and sometimes, you know, you don't think about that for blueberries because it does so well. It's already part of the top 10, as you both pointed out. But describe, you know, what more you see as opportunities going forward. What's the biggest opportunity that either one of you see for accelerating that growth in the category for blueberries? Uh, and I'll start with you, Josh. Yeah. So um, this is an opportunity where we kind of explored this last season. We do a blueberry festival type ad and we tie into a bunch of other departments with that. And we kind of create that fun and excitement around it. And so from that, on a, on a retail scale, doing those kinds of things gets people excited. And so we also made an offering where we weren't just selling by the pint, but we were giving discounts when they bought a half flat. And that half flat sale, you know, that's not for everybody, but if that's for your person that wants to make a pie or your person that wants to make some blueberry jams, or, uh, you know, one guy talked about, he was making barbecue sauce, is actually a restaurant owner. Yeah, so those kinds of things helped us uh, and helped drive the category forward more. And yeah, this year, you know, it's, it's still January. We really haven't laid out too many plans yet on the next movement and blueberries for the domestic season, but I'm sure we'll be looking to, to build on that, to capitalize on, you know, peak season, peak sales. We want those things to match up. At times it can feel a little novelty and, and we, don't, we don't want that. So we're, we try to do it in a very um, precise way. But um, those are some of the ways we look to drive that category forward. That's great. Thanks. Thanks. And Ryan, how about you? What, what are your thoughts on those biggest opportunities to accelerate growth? Well, I think it starts with more consumer-focused advertising. You don't necessarily have to go out and do Super Bowl commercials like some other commodity boards have done. Uh, that seems like an expensive avenue to go through, but 
I'll give them credit. Those same boards are the, they're the ones that are focused on just direct to consumer advertising. Yes, occasionally they'll they'll come to retailers and and work on some sort of digital coupon or or some other avenue to help push the commodity. But uh, the kind of the grassroots, if you will, push has always seemed to be way more effective. Uh, the, the avocados from Mexico, folks. The Idaho Potato Commission, the cuties you know, before that big breakup, they did such a good job in going direct to consumers and having them come to us asking by name or by commodity, like, I want this. And that's so much more effective than us preaching to folks all day long because we have a whole department doing the same exact thing. You got to stand out. I think we look at that differently, you know, is it pull marketing or push marketing on our end? Are we going to push it or on your end? Are you going to create that pull from the consumer level? Um, yeah, obviously, if you create that pull from the consumer level, it, it's little little more than us making sure we're supplying them with what they want. Um, if you want to go with us, it's a push. And then there's got to be levels of trust that have to be established with us that you would otherwise have to establish with the consumer. So it's really about determining how best to move the category can you do it at both ends uh, you know that's the tall order but we have seen it done so yeah avocados from mexico you know they made a run on all that uh, as well as uh, the the mandarins so yeah and they do it from both angles but what i think a lot of folks a lot of commodity boards miss is that that consumer piece consumers coming to me asking for something they're going to be 100 percent less likely to be concerned with price or, you know, perceived value, they want what they're asking for, for a reason. Yeah. And I liked what you're connecting, whether that's a digital, social media, you know, something that really pulls blueberries in the zeitgeist of consumerism, the culture of our communities. And, you know, this is those, those things that we kind of statistically see that, you know, of the people who are buying blueberries today, they're only buying 6.4 pounds a year. And that's not a lot. You know, there's a lot more opportunity in, in just the people who are currently buying to certainly buy more. But then there's the group who, you know, is on that fringe of potential buying that, you know, makes up so many people in consumer land. So you're right. And I think that's our job, certainly at USHBC, whether it's been through our, our health research or it's been through our promotion to consumers and marketing. And then, of course, you know, we're in this space now where I think, you know, Josh and Ryan were saying it's kind of both and it's, it's you know, inspiring your teams to stay focused on just how opportune Blueberries is to do more than it's done. And at the same time, an obligation we have to, to draw them into your, into your conversation, into your, into your stores. So. Okay. So you, you have to have industry support for that vision. No single supplier is going to do anything that's going to push the volume that the group as a whole wants to to achieve. Good point. Some of the other commodity boards, that's where the growth is. And it's not because any one company is doing anything. They're all getting together in, in unison and, and pushing their message. And I like to say my, my number one boss is, is the customers. You know, we can build stores anywhere in the country and put what we want in them. Ain't going to mean a thing unless it's what they want. Amen. Well, this has been a really great conversation, and I really appreciate both of you kind of walking through, you know, your experience with blueberries to date. You know, certainly an opportunity for us to continue to work together to drive the category commitment on our side to provide, you know, with with those kinds of inspirational campaigns, uh, resources, thoughts, data. Data is always a good thing to share with you guys on what we're seeing in terms of consumer land. Uh, but 
Is there anything else you'd like to add to this conversation before I let you guys go? You know, I think just, uh, I, I've never been on a call or a podcast for strawberries or melons or really anything else. So I think what you're doing is kind of almost revolutionary in produce and uh, definitely in the blueberry space. So I think if you just keep doing what you're doing and, and, and the passion to get those blueberries out there and get people to, to realize the value in those, uh, you know, we'll, we'll all win. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, we appreciate that, Josh. How about you, Ryan? Anything else you want to add? No, man, this, this has been fun. Yeah. Well, you guys keep up the good work. And again, you know, we're a resource to you. We're going to be cheerleading, of course, uh, all the way with, uh, you know, when we've got a lot and when we, even when we don't have a lot in terms of supply, ways in which we can, you know, continue to work together to inspire that use occasion, inspire people to buy more, think about blueberries differently. Um, but just the opportunity I think we all see here in, you know, being able to maintain that value, bring more value. And, uh, and again, really appreciate the work you guys do on the front line of making it happen. So thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. All right. Well, that's it for episode 163. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries.